Hi guys, it's Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the emu war. All right, let's get into today's topic. Before we learn about the emu war, we have to learn about emus. The emu is found all across Australia and is the largest native bird there. They used to be in Tasmania, but they were wiped out. They inhabit Australia's grasslands, savannas, and forests, multiple habitats. The emu is named after the Portuguese word ima, meaning large bird. They can reach five to six feet tall and can live up to 40 years. The emu is a large, flightless bird. They have a long neck, long legs, and tiny wings hidden under their shaggy, loose, fur-like, drooping gray-brown feathers. Just like an ostrich, it has lost the ability to fly after millions of years of evolution. These birds have no need to. And they've given up the ability to fly and have developed the ability to run. These birds can run up to 30 miles per hour thanks to their incredibly strong and long legs. Powerful kicks help keep predators such as dingoes and wedge-tailed eagles at bay. Those are their predators. They have three-toed feet and have claws at the end of each one. They are social animals and live in flocks that can contain dozens of birds. Their diet mainly consists of seeds, berries, and insects, but will also peck seeds from animal droppings. When food is scarce, these birds will travel long distances to find some. Fortunately, emus are not endangered. If I have not described this bird to you well enough, I suggest that you look up a picture picture, sorry, so you can see for yourself. Now that we know enough information about the emu, let's get into... The Emu War. So the emu is a national symbol of Australia, featured on the coat of arms, but it wasn't always so well liked. And at one time, it was regarded as a pest. The Emu War lasted a little over a month in the year of 1932, from November 2nd to December 10th. It all started shortly after World War I. In the years following after the First World War, the Australian government gave 5,000 30 veterans plots of land for farming, primarily cultivating wheat and other grains, such as such as wheat. Wheat is a good example. By September 1920, the government had purchased about 90,000 hectares or about 222,000 acres of land for the veterans. However, the government needed more land. So the government started to place the remaining soldiers in new areas of Perth in Western Australia. The land there was barely usable. On top of that, the veterans were put under a lot of pressure when the Great Depression happened. Before we get into the impacts the the Great Depression had on Australia, I need to make something clear. The Great Depression did not only impact the United States. It impacted the entire world, not only the United States. All right, let's get back to it. Due to the economic crisis, the farmers just weren't making enough money. Many left for work in the cities, but some did remain. The Great Depression also caused the prices of one of the main cultivated products, wheat, to plummet. 
The government promised a sum of money for the wheat, but it never arrived. At this time, emus were a protected native species, and there were about tens of thousands of them in Western Australia. However, emus in Western Australia were becoming a nuisance. They were flattening and eating the wheat crops. Then, in 1922, they were officially reclassified as vermin. By late 1932, a decade later, 10 years, 20,000 emus cost the World War I veterans millions in crop damage. These trained riflemen, right, because they were in the war, killed thousands of emus, but it didn't even make a dent in the population. The emu population was unaffected. So they decided to put bounties on the emus' heads, but that didn't work either. The veterans could not get access to the ammunition they needed to take out the emus, so they went to a man named George Pierce, the Minister of Defense, and asked the Australian military to take action. Not everyone was in agreement that the country should attack its own national bird, but the operation went ahead anyway. Before it began, however, George Pierce made the veterans sign an agreement saying that the veterans would pay for the entire debacle and he wouldn't take any of the blame if this went downhill, which it did. Led by Major G.P.W. Meredith of the 7th Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery, the Army set out on November 2nd, 1932, the official date that the Emu War began. They were armed with two Lewis machine guns, and GP, Major GPW Meredith was determined to kill 50 birds in uh, the district of Campion in Perth. No, in uh, Australia, sorry. They moved in formation behind the birds and opened fire on the emus. Regardless, it did not go as planned. The emus scattered, but inevitably some were killed. Two days later, some hidden gunners sighted a thousand emus from afar and waited patiently for them to move closer. George Pierce thought it would be a good idea, so he sent a camera crew along with the army, thinking that the government should be documented, making a positive change in Western Australia. When they were close enough, the gunners opened fire, killing about 10 to 12 emus. Then both of their Lewis machine guns jammed, allowing the majority of emus to scatter and escape. The media took advantage of the events that happened and publicized that the Australian military lost a battle to a bunch of birds. The army then tried gunning the emus down in moving trucks but the gunners were unable to arm properly at the emus, possibly because the road was too bumpy. One emu even got tangled up in the truck's steering equipment, which caused the truck to veer off the road and destroy half a length of someone's fence, destroying their property. So, not good for them, or the emus, or the army. On November 8th, it was reported that Major G... P.W. Meredith's party had used two and a half thousand rounds of ammunition. 25% of the total distributed rounds that were meant to destroy 200 emus. A second campaign was mounted by Major G.P.W. Meredith on November 13th. 
which resulted in the death of 40 emus. Two days later, barely any died, but about a month later, it was reported that about 100 emus were being, 100 to 300 emus were being killed every week. Major GPW Meredith did the math and found out that it took 10 bullets to kill one emu, which was not great news for the army because they were wasting much needed ammunition. In Parliament, Australia's lawmaking body of government, George Pierce was criticized. The opposition parliament members suggested that medals should be handed out to the emus for winning every battle so far. George Pierce was humiliated that the emus had won every battle, calling the entire operation off and officially ending the emu war. However, George Pierce, along with the government, still decided to provide the army and ammunition to help the veterans. So the war had ended, but the army was still providing their service and ammunition to the veterans. So there was still a battle happening, but they weren't classifying it as a war. They were very successful. They were very successful with reports suggesting that the army were killing 300 emus a week. In total, these ammunitions claimed 57,034 emu lives over six months in 1934. With 1,000 emus killed, Pierce ended the entire operation and returned to Parliament, declaring victory. However, there were only originally 20,000 emus that were destroying crops, and only 1,000 had been killed, leaving 19,000 emus still out there destroying crops. And they managed and continued to damage crops for many years to come, long after the emu war. Honestly, I wouldn't count this as a success. They only killed... They only managed to wipe out 5%. Yeah, only killed and managed to wipe out 5% of the emus that were originally there. And they left a whopping 95% still alive. And they continued to damage the crops of the veterans from World War I. So it wasn't that good of a situation. I don't know why George Pierce declared victory because, in a way, the emus won. And it was declared that the emus won the war. The army, veter- the army and the veterans wasted 10,000 rounds of ammunition in total. Honestly, I don't think this was worth it. Not at all. They lost to a bunch of birds. It was a humiliating defeat for Australia. Fast forward to present day, and the emu is now on the Australian coat of arms, just like the kangaroo except they didn't have to win a war to earn their spot. The emu status as a protected animal was reinstated, and they have a stable population. So in the end, it was an embarrassing defeat that Australia suffered against their own national bird. Right before I leave, I want to give a quick thank you uh, shout-out to the YouTube channel Oversimplified and the Scientific American magazine, who provided me with a great deal of information about the Emu War from their website pertaining to the Scientific American Magazine blog and the YouTube video The Emu War from the channel from the YouTube channel Oversimplified. All right, that's it for today. 
Come back next week to learn about a campaign that aimed to eliminate the main pests of China. This is Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. See you next time.